Yo, my name is Richie Marufo of the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, a.k.a. BWAMS, and you're listening to the El Paso Creatives Podcast Show. Without further ado, here's the show. Hey, y'all, my name is Jeremy Parsons. I'm from San Antonio, Texas, and I'm an Americana, Texas country singer-songwriter. Awesome, Jeremy. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Um, you know, we're both in Texas, which is pretty cool. You know, um, you're in San Antonio. We're here in El Paso. I love connecting with artists, different songwriters, things like that, musicians through through something like this through Zoom, you know, because you get to just, you know, talk about art and creativity for a while, you know, from like everything going on around us, you know, just have a simple conversation about creativity and things like that. And so just let me do my quick introduction real quick. Hey guys, my name is Isaac. I'm the host for the El Paso Creators Podcast Show. And just Jeremy, just to start off, just for people who don't know who you are, what is it that you do? Just give us like a quick two, three minutes maybe of who you are and what is it that you do? Okay, well, uh, I'm a, like I said, I'm a singer songwriter from San Antonio, uh, predominantly in the Americana genre. You can call it country, whatever you want. I'll try not to be offended by that. Uh, but the... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a traveling uh, musician full time. I sing, song, write, uh, just everything I can to do with music. Uh, just try to get it out there. It's my passion. It's, it's what I love doing most in this world. And uh, I'm going to keep doing it. So right now I'm playing all over Texas and uh, uh, more, more this year I'll get out of state. I'll go up to Virginia, North Carolina, uh, back to Tennessee. I lived in Nashville for about 10 years. So I like to go back up there and stomp around every once in a while, uh, uh, make sure they know I'm still living. Hell yeah, uh, man. yeah. And that, that's awesome. And, and what is it? The, what type of music do you usually create a lot? What's the meaning behind your music? If you got to describe the type of music you make, how would you describe it? I would say it's it's basically like I'm I'm always waiting for life to happen around me. And I think that's what a lot of writers that I really admire that's what I like listening to people that are just very aware and observant of the way that life works and the way that people handle it. So we're writing about humans and human experiences. It's humans writing about humans. That's just what we're doing. Right. And, and I, I like asking that question because a lot of people, they have a reason why they write their lyrics or why they do songwriting or why the reason they're a singer and all that. So that, that would be your, your biggest reason, right? Like the way humans interact or the way human life yeah. works. That's kind of yeah, how you write the, your music. Yeah, the human pulse is my inspiration, I guess. Like it, it just the way what the actions that people take while they're alive. Yeah, it's it's what's what we're listening to when we when we seek out music. We're mm. we're getting some kind of experience that someone had and they're transforming, transferring it into art. Yeah. And, and what first got you into music? Was it was music the first thing you ever wanted to do? Is that what you were aiming to do with your life or? Actually, like, man, I never I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was going to college like I always enjoyed playing sports. I was literally going to college for kinesiology because as I was going to college, because I think my mom wanted it. So I was trying to make her happy, which is just never going to happen anyway. So uh, the uh, I I, uh, I just got to the point where I was like, man, I really enjoy this. Uh, and it was working and people were I was starting to get paid for it and people wanted to hear more and see more of it. So I was like, I think I can do this. This feels right. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. the natural thing. It was like, you know, something that finally genuinely makes you happy, something that genuinely is like it feels like like you're connected to it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how it was? Yeah. Oh, totally. It was like one of those things. I was like, I never thought this could be a thing, but like this is working. So why go against the current? Like Absolutely. it's flowing in a direction that I enjoy. I'm going to 
get in the boat and just ride it on down, you know? And, and let's talk about like the, the support system. Cause you know how, like when a lot of people want to become artists or musicians or even t- any type of artist or creative in general, like the first thing they get is like off the bat negativity of like, no, it's just a hobby. You can't make a living off of that. Did, well, yeah. like, that's a two type of question thing is like, did you, were you ever supported like that? Or like when, like when you first came into music, did like, do you get the support right off the bat or was it different for you? Yeah, I think I think even in those stories, like even in the ones that we see, like that they, they've been kind of Hollywooded out. There's always at least one person in your corner. Uh, but there's the naysayers are always there's more volume in the naysayer group. Like they're the loudest and the most, you know, they're just the most outspoken ones for some Absolutely. reason. But the the quiet, supportive ones are the ones that keep you in the ring, keep keep you fighting and. Uh, my dad was always extremely supportive of me. He was he was actually the one that recommended that I try the move to Nashville. I was like, well, I'm going to go up realistically, like I'll go up there and give it like, you know, six to eight months and see what happens. And within yeah. the first three months, it was obvious I was supposed to be doing it. But yeah, my dad has always been in my corner. And then there's like it's it's uh, I split it between like about half of my family is supportive. I have a small family, though. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, uh, it's about half of my family is supportive and the other half tries to just like, kind of be like, so when are you going to get a real job? Uh, oh my like, God. Yeah. So when are you going to acknowledge that I'm working? <laughs> yeah. You so so how did you deal with that? Like, how did you yeah. deal with them saying that? Cause I had that same feeling too. Like, you know, when I first started, cause I used to be a photographer, graphic designer, videographer, I used to do it all. Right. And so I always yeah. thought that they're like, my family was always telling my other family, they were like, you know, can you believe this? Like his brother wants to be a teacher. His sister wants to be like a nurse. And then he wants to be an artist. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. How did you deal with that? Like that whole, your family being negative towards you on your start? Well, it's, it's just one of those things. Like it, it's almost like, dude, we have the, we have something that not everybody figures out. And that's what you enjoy doing. People go through their entire lives. Sometimes you, some, you see some people on their deathbed who still haven't figured it out. And like, we, we have something that, like it's not an age thing either you see 50 years old like 25 year olds in the same place that a 50 year old is in yeah so it's like we we have that like that's that's our body armor so like anything negative that they throw at you it deflects it because we have genuine happiness and pride in what we're doing so it's like it's almost like one of those deals it's just like you know get me with what you got. It was like the, what I, what I take it as is a projection of your own misery onto me. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I'm okay with being the happy guy that everybody attacks. Yeah. Come on. Because you're, <laughs> at the end, at the end, you're doing what makes you happy. And the, yeah, uh, they're yeah. still trying to figure and, it out. And their words won't change anything. I'm still doing what makes me happy. Like Absolutely. they, they just need to say those negative things for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's for themselves. Therefore it's not actually my problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And, and so let's, let's transition back to, to you when you were going to Nashville for the first time. It was your first time pursuing music, right? And then moving to a, like somewhere like Nashville. How was that transition for you? It was, it was scary, man. I think anytime you jump out of your comfort zone, like I was, I was so young and new to like the whole industry. And that was literally like diving in like the kiddie pool right into the deep end. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was like that. And, and it was just as filled with sharks as you would think it would be. And, but I was I was lucky enough to like uh, the you always go with my gut feeling because I like the music kind of takes you or your art or your job will take you in the right direction. You just have to be really good at reading people, especially in the entertainment industry, because there's more takers than there are givers. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it was scary, but like the, the immediate reaction was very positive for me. And I was, I was extremely lucky. Uh, I had uh, some people take me under their wing that like put me in places that I was able and capable on my own to survive on the back end. And it's, it's why I'm able to still have a career right now, like by myself, like basically running everything because I know how to, I know what it takes. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and did you have any like role models that kind of like inspired you or motivated you to kind of do this or while you were going through that whole journey of moving over there and pursuing music, like who did you really look up to who was actually really there to like inspire you and things like that? uh, Well, it goes back to my dad being, he was always super supportive of the the entire journey, but then I, uh, met a guy who ended up being my manager until he ended up passing away. But his name was Keith Atkinson and, and he taught me so much. He was like a, he started out his career as a legal aid for Frank Sinatra and like had all these really cool, amazing stories and was just very wise and uh, just taught me how to like kind of keep my cool and navigate the music industry. Cause as an artist, it can be really aggravating that people just don't understand sometimes and you're you you can't make them understand but you just have to understand that you're in it for to you what is the right reasons and they're in it for what they think is the right reason so like you can't change a made-up mind in that situation they're like i'm in it for the money i was like well money's nice we all need to make it but i'm in it because i truly enjoy this this is a passion for me uh so he taught me a lot about navigating Mm-hmm. um basically i guess myself and and how to handle myself in the in the in the music industry which is uh, awesome what, what was like kind of like the like the first struggles i guess and i like asking this question because like for anybody who's becoming like a new music artist or things like that they they kind of hit bumps that they're like unsure if they should be hitting or not and so it's like what have been some of the mistakes that you kind of hit right away but that you also learned from it or something that you didn't expect but it happened to you and you're something like well maybe new artists should expect to go through this if they're pursuing like the music scene yeah i think i think it's always it's gonna go back to like uh the sharks in the industry like when people walk up and they promise you something immediately like it's almost like it's okay to be suspicious like if something feels wrong to you and your gut feeling is usually pretty on point Go with your gut feeling in the music industry, because even if you it's like, well, it's it's too good to be true. It probably is. You hear that a lot. But like in the music industry, sometimes it could be legit, but like it's not usually worth the risk or the money like that. They'll take money from you that you can apply to your career yourself, like printing CDs or going in the studio or something like don't don't uh, fall for all the flash like that's that stuff fades that you want you want to find genuine people to have around you and keep in your camp. Like we're all going, like, I always look at it as like building families We're right. we're collecting people that we want to carry with us the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's why we like have the friends we have and everything like that. When we leave our little nest, you know, we, we, we bring people in that are good energy that are like not selfish. Like it's a, you know, a get and give situation. And you want that in your business life as well, just as much as you, I mean, you want it everywhere in your life. You Absolutely. want to be able to apply it to all aspects. Yeah. And so how important uh, would you say is like, is the whole networking side of it, which I know is really important, but also doing collaborations with other artists. Like how important do you see that? Cause I see a lot of people always say that they're like, sometimes it's not good to have collaborations. What do you think on that? Like to have collaborations with different artists or to not? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think it hurts. I think, I think it's, 
some people fall into it more naturally than others. Like I co-write with people, but I don't think I collaborate as much as other people do. And and that's, I don't, I don't actually know why that is. I, I, someone joked that I'm difficult to work with, but like, that's not really true at all. <laughs> I just don't, it's, it, it, I'm not like a duo guy or anything. Like I'll go and jam with people, but I think collaboration is awesome. Um, I think you should do it. Like, I mean, why not? Like, I, I mean, I've helped write on like R and B and rap tracks. It was just like, good music is good music. If like someone reached out to me, it was like, Hey dude, obviously I'm super country sounding, but like, you know, if they were like, Hey man, I want you to sing this chorus on this rap song. Like if I enjoyed the track, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Like collaboration is awesome. Good art is good art. And I think, you know, uh, it, 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 it couldn't hurt. Like, and, and, and on your road into kind of it was in was it in nashville when it took off for you like in the music industry or like yeah yeah, yeah. It was, so yeah. so before the, anything like took off in nashville like what was some of the most challenging parts you faced or maybe some of the hardest moments um kind of just growing over there or just you know just getting into the industry like getting your first foot in what were some of the struggles you kind of went through that um you saw i think it's i think it's just uh it's it's figuring out it's it just I, we're talking about people so much right now, but it it was literally for me the toughest part was like I had a great time, a majority of the time, and and a lot of it wasn't as much of a struggle. Maybe it was just my mindset too, because struggle is is part of your mindset. Like I was so focused on like, you know, this is either going to work for me or it isn't. Like I was very re- realistic about it, but. I think the main struggle for me was trying to figure out people because you want to trust folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to be like that guy who's just like immediately bitter about everything. And I, I was, I was like still fairly young, like 21, like really new, like kind of came like from a like small outer section of San Antonio, which like kind of, you know, primarily on the edge of the country. So like, you know, it was very more simple uh where i was and then i went to nashville and have a bigger city vibe um even though san antonio is huge like i said i was on the edge but uh like it you kind of just have to figure that out you got to learn to trust yourself and know who you can trust outside of yourself and uh that was the biggest struggle for me like you want to believe that someone has your best interest in mind but in the uh the music industry that's not always the case unfortunately so and I kind of want to touch the part on like on resources too as well like a lot of musicians when they come into something they always think hey i gotta i gotta have the best connections the best equipment the best this and that um did you any have any of that or like when you went into the space like how did you really get started as far as like producing quality and also having to get started with any type of equipment that you may have had already yeah i uh man i i basically just went word like i you you uh, again, you just you you meet people that are knowledgeable. Like I'm very aware of like what I don't know, and it's a lot. <laughs> so it's like you're constantly like learning new things. But you see someone who seems knowledgeable in something, you kind of seek them out and be like, "Hey, man, what do you think of this? This is what I have." And they'll usually be like, "Oh, that's fantastic," or you need to like sell that on like Facebook Marketplace or something and like upgrade to this, or like here's the mic that you should be using. Like, that's the advice you always listen to, because like my lane is like, if you need help writing a song, like I'm your guy, like I'll help you all day. I'm confident in that arena. Like, I know I don't know everything about it, but I I know exactly 
how the structure and everything needs to be. But mm-hmm. when it comes to gear and stuff, like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> you might as well be building rockets. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, and I always tell everybody this too. I'm like, especially when you're like creating music for the first time, like you don't you don't need that fancy stuff. I mean, there's this place, there's this documentary I saw one time. It was in Africa where you know they literally went to drink, uh, junkyards and they got a bunch of trash and they built like drums and guitars and stuff and dude, the music totally. came out amazing. So I'm like. You don't need the best things to get started. I saw this one artist who he started off like big illustrating books with just ballpoint pens he bought at the Dollar Tree, you know? And it's like, oh, wow. it, it's crazy that that the mindset of like, you know, it's like, do you think it's tough to get started like as a, as a musician uh, in the music industry? Or do you think it's like you, you, you have a plan that you kind of like pursue that kind of makes it a little bit more easier? Like let's say I'm a, uh, a musician myself and I'm kind of getting to the industry myself. Like what would you really recommend to focus on first in a way? Uh, I would say focus on uh, yourself, like figure out who you are as an artist, because it, it is difficult. It's a difficult industry. I, you have tons of people that are, are seemingly fighting for just mere relevancy. Like they're trying to put out singles like every month or something like that because they don't want to be forgotten. Like that's what it seems like. And that's what you're, you're, you're in a big pool of a bunch of people that are doing the same thing, but it, it almost comes off like a competition when you make it like that it's like you wait for the art to come to you and then you create it and you put it out and the people who enjoy listening to you are there but i i always say work on yourself because if you don't know who you are you can't give anything to like your listeners staying true to yourself right in a way yeah yeah, yeah. but you have to know who that self is before exactly. you can stay true to it so mm-hmm. and, but and, and the cool thing about that is no matter what style of music you're making from that point on the people have already connected with you because you gave them you from the start. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's always been you, even if it's a different sound surrounding it, it's like, Oh, look, it's, it's kind of different, but it's still very clearly Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they'll say stuff like that. And that's, that's nice. That's, that shows that you did the work that it takes because artists are just, are, are we're, we're obviously people right. who, who create art for people who aren't artists. So it's like we, we see things differently and we give it back to people in a different perspective that they might not have th- thought of it the same way. It's like comedians. Like when you hear a joke, you're like, man, I've never heard anybody talk about like yeah. that, like that. <laughs> but it's an everyday thing that we all experience. Yeah, that's what that's what music is capturing, too. And, and uh, it's part of the self-awareness, too. It's like if you work on yourself, all of that just naturally finds you in the process. It, it all comes. It's a gift package that comes with doing the work. Absolutely. And, and how, yeah. how's your whole process like, like the way you, you write your music or the way you kind of start the whole process of beginning to end in the music production? Like what are the things that you mainly focus on when, when you produce your own music, things like that? Uh, I would say, well, I usually work with other producers because it's like, so, so I'll do demos and stuff around the house, but like, uh, I like seeking out people that are, or like really connect with the songs and then also have their own style. So like they're able to like present me in a very specific way. And they're like, like I'm the bird and they put me in this cool little production cage, you know, <laughs> well, uh, by choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Cause I just did a, a previous uh, recording right now. And they, they told us that like for music artists, it's sometimes intimidating to either get on stage or to go into a studio, you know, and, and how do you deal with those type of like fears you have as like either getting in front of people or pursuing something new that 
you know, it's like that going into a studio for the first time and things like that. Like, how do you, how do you deal with those fears as an artist to kind of get out there? Cause a lot of people don't like to get out there, but they want to be an artist. So it's like, how do you deal with those type of fears? Yeah. I've, I've actually been lucky enough. Like I've never even, I never even thought about being scared and I overthink a lot of things, but there was something about walking onto the stage that always felt like, not like I deserve to be here, but like, I feel like this is kind of right. Like I feel like my feet are supposed to be right here in front of this microphone. Like I've, I've never really been uncomfortable in that situation. The studio is slightly different because the first time now I go in the studio, I'm pumped. I can't wait to like, you know, cause, cause writing is like conception, you know, you, you have it, you, you, you like start in like the studio, you get to deliver your baby and you're like, Hey, here's my baby world. <laughs> but the, uh, like going in for the first time, you just like, God, I hope I don't look like completely stupid. <laughs> like that's, a, that's the only fear. It's like, but I mean, like we're allowed to look stupid. It's not looking stupid. It's just, you're, you're ignorant to what, what goes on in there. Mm -hmm. But like after the first session, you're, you're kind of like a, a psych 101 yeah. uh first year college student you just know everything you know <laughs> what are yeah, it kind of it is like that it kind of is like yeah. that, man. it's kind of crazy what are what are like some things that like that you do kind of to like get better on yourself every day like things that you work on oh i just like musically you mean yeah musically yeah like like, like, like sit like... sit down at like any instrument i would mm -hmm. say like pick up a guitar it's like one of the cool things to do is like especially after like a weekend of gigs you might want to change your strings or put in a new battery just in case and uh it, i like to do that because it's you know you're you're making yourself do something for you and your instrument but it's also like you get usually a song comes out of that like i'll sit down and like playing on new strings is really inspirational for some reason there's just like they're they feel good they like just sound good and it's it's what's it's cool i try to do it at least i usually do it once a week uh but it's it just it something comes out of that for me and it, and it turns into either really good practice or a good song or mm -hmm. if there's a piano somewhere near nearby i'll sit and play on that like i'm not really good at it but i i love the the drama of, of piano yeah uh just try i mean it's all about like kind of trying to like push yourself or expand yourself push yourself isn't a good word but kind of uh like it's like self-discipline as far as just focusing on, you know, what can I grow today? Mm -hmm. So something outside my window is constantly growing. How, How can you progress every day? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's just like getting like your, your hands looser or playing smoother mm -hmm. or like, you know, honing in like a new style or like writing a song. It can be anything. I mean, there's so many options. And what are, what are some of like the, so after, let's talk about like after Nashville. So like you went to Nashville, what did you do in Nashville? Like what, what really happened for you there? Well, I did, I did pr pretty much everything that you're supposed to do. Like I checked off the whole list within three years. Mm -hmm. I had a, uh, I had a, I got a bluegrass band called the Graskles cut one of my songs. And that was my first three months there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they released it within that next year. And because they cut that song, I made my first record. Uh, and then it was, you know, it was, it was crazy. I got to go overseas to Norway. Like it, we, we spent a couple of days in London. It was, it was awesome. Like it, it was just a whirlwind. And then I got a publishing deal and then I signed with the Hank Williams estate and we were, 
working like just everywhere and it was it was fun like we were you know everywhere we went you get the celebrity pass which always felt super fake to me but yeah <laughs> it was it was fun to keep you know you yeah. have that like that rack on your next to your doorway that holds all these old laminates that you're like can look back and reflect on like i did that or i went that and, yeah, and it, yeah. It, it shows you back like all your your successes but also sacrifices that you kind of took like was there any sacrifices that you you had to take maybe things that like you had as road bumps tough decisions yeah maybe? i mean i think it's i think time is your ultimate sacrifice in this industry like it's it's all we have actually and there's like some moments that you know you're not going to get back or you're going to miss because you've committed to this fully like you know i have friends that have like families now and stuff and it's weird i'm sitting here as a 34 year old and i'm extremely single and i'm like i have zero regrets but i kind of feel like i should but i don't because i know that i chose this Right. But it's like it, it time is the sacrifice. And it's it's a lot of why I moved back uh, from Nashville, because I was coming home to play shows. And I was like, my dad is just getting progressively older and like walking with a cane and starting to lose like his short term memory. So I'm like, I need to be here because this is something that I know if I don't focus on this, I will regret this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and regrets, and that's the, regrets plays- the biggest thing. Like you just don't want to regret not doing something. Oh, yeah, because a lot of the times you regret it because you realize you had control over it on the mm-hmm. back end. Like if if something had happened to him and I wasn't here, uh, it would just be like one of those things where I was like, well, I could have been there. And I know that. But but I'm here. So I don't I don't have to regret that. You know, I, I've gotten a lot of good time, especially over the pandemic. I was like, we had plenty of time. Mm-hmm. I introduced him to netflix and now he won't put the controller down it's just crazy (laughs) (laughs) that is true we had a lot of time to kill yeah yeah it's crazy so how was that how was that year for you like did it ever shift your your route on the way you were going about things like how was that whole year for you yeah well i mean it was it was crazy i moved back to san antonio in like november of 2019 so there was like when did it start february 2020 ish and then it was like yeah. So like I had like four awesome months of like playing music and I was killing it and I was getting back onto the scene and everything down here. And uh, then it was just like immediate shutdown. You're like, oh, what do we do now? Like we don't have a choice. So, yeah. So like I I locked down basically my dad and I and I but luckily I had a record that I had recorded right before. Like I finished recording it probably like October of 2019 like right before i moved back and so i had this record that i was like well i'm not going to be touring i might as well put this out Mm -hmm. uh and so that's what i did with my time i released the record and uh did some press because if you can't reach people physically um you can you can at least provide them with new content new music and stuff so i was lucky enough to have that so so how was that shit for you like you know how, oh, let me ask you this, like, how important do you think like the, the digital space is in this form of like, you know, marketing yourself as a musician and putting out content and like what type of content to put out there? Like, how do you market yourself on a digital space and all the social media platforms as a music artist? I think it's honestly like they've, they've trapped us into a box where it is the the avenue to go to. We don't really have much of a choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, look at us. We're doing this for exactly <laughs> like everything's. Yeah. Uh, but it's is convenient. This is like this is a, like I don't know. We don't have to meet up 
halfway between San Antonio and El Paso to do this. We could just do this. Right. Like I'm wearing a Bugs Bunny sweater for Christ's sake. <laughs> and I love the sweater, man. Thank you. It's ridiculous. Like it's like, but you know, if I wouldn't, I mean, I do go out in public like this, let's be real, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's convenient. And it's, it's one of those things like that everything's going to drastically change. Like, it, like change is constant it is it, like most consistent thing in all of our lives. And we just have to deal with it. Well, I mean, like, honestly, as an artist, it's, it's an awesome tool. Like, yeah, Spotify doesn't pay enough in royalties. Like I could jump on that bandwagon of complaining, but like, also I have fans in Brazil now mm-hmm. because of Spotify. Like, I don't, I don't know anybody in Brazil. Like I can't get that to them any other way. Right. Like Spotify created that platform for them to be able to find it. Whether it was through like me posting something on social media or like, some type of marketing deal that went out or like randomly playing on some internet radio that someone was listening to over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's all because of like a digital presence. Uh, and you just have to utilize it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if it, if it wasn't music that you were doing, like let's say, and, and I asked this question, it trips out a lot of like music artists. It's like, let's pretend music never existed. What would you be doing instead? Well, I had a lot of people tell me that I should be, I should have been, actually, this is what they tell me, and they're artist friends, and they know that I'm very serious about music. They tell me sometimes that I should be a comedian, <laughs> which I don't, I don't know. Uh, I enjoy making people laugh, but it's not, I think about it, though, like the, 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 the stand-up comedy world, like, right, mm-hmm. you're writing a script to deliver to a crowd, and like, I, I can make people laugh like on like improvisationally with like right. dad jokes or something, but like, it seems like a fun challenge that I might just try out at some point. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if I'm, if I'm feeling peppy enough to do so, but like, I, I might just be like in a different form of entertainment mm-hmm. because I, I do enjoy uh, people and making them feel good, whether it's via music and dancing or like just making right. them laugh or something. So that's yeah. probably what it would be for me. And, and as writing music, do you ever get like writer's block? And how do you even deal with that? Like, is there every time like you start a project, and then you stop a project and you don't like pursue it until like two years after or something like that? You know, like, do you deal with writer's block or how do you deal with your projects? I don't know. Uh, I don't think I've ever, I, I have ever had to wait that long. Thank good. Knock on wood. <laughs> I know. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I mean, writer's blocks are one of those things. It's like, it's, you, you can't force yourself through it. It's like, plowing into the back of the car in front of you in a traffic jam is like that's not going to do you any favors you're just going to have to call the police and end up sitting there longer you've just created even an even bigger traffic jam right so like with a writer's block you just have to do different exercises like stay away from writing until like you know everything clears out up here because it's usually caused by stress or whatever's going on in your life so like just play your guitar maybe something or naturally come out like go to the gym, go for more walks, like take in some nature, mm-hmm. just like focus on old tracks and maybe like how the production of that will sound. Or if there's other songs you need to fix up, that's just a couple words, go to that. Anything can knock it loose. And uh, what, but what I are like the, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to say putting any type of negative attention on a writer's block will exacerbate the writer's block. It'll make it worse. 
Yeah, exactly. I, it's I like picking at a scab. Like it's just not going <laughs> to end well. Yeah, it's going to make it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of the same for like an artist too. Like whenever an artist is painting or whatever, it's like sometimes they just don't know what to paint. And it's okay to put the paintbrush down, you know, and just totally. figure your thoughts yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so- because you're you're driven by a muse. And if the muse isn't driving you in that moment, you're just going to go off the road. Like just mm-hmm. put it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my follow-up question, and the reason I kind of asked that too, is because like, what, what do you think are like the biggest mental, I guess, tolls that musicians face, like the biggest mental things? I think for a lot of people, it's, it's probably money, especially indie musicians. Like they focus on money a lot because you all, we all have bills to pay. Like we, we have to keep printing merch. We're trying to go back into the studio, like everything costs. Right. And you're paying, whereas like the label, if you're on a label, they'll pay for everything. Granted, the artist owes on the back end. So it's all just one big trap. But like mm. uh, as an indie artist, it's just coming straight out of your pocket. So that can be a big stressor for you. Like you're paying for your own gas, meals, right. hotel, a lot of the times. And like you got to work on getting those gigs so you can keep supporting yourself and keep paying for merch mm. and keep moving yourself forward so that's a stressor stressor for a lot of people and you know we, we talked about earlier like family doesn't help sometimes so it's yeah life life in general can just be like right in your way a majority mm-hmm. of the time so so i'm gonna ask this as kind of like because i've never done music before that's one thing i've never done and for mm-hmm. anybody who's like also getting into music industry like what's what's the biggest difference between entering like a label rather from that compared to like going solo as an artist like what are the biggest benefits and the biggest downfalls to though uh, I would say that the biggest benefit to the label, I think, is that they put you out there more on a mainstream scale because you are literally in the mainstream at that point. But the problem is if the, the promotion and stuff has gone down drastically, like they take so much from the artist. Uh, I, we live in an independent world now, like right. we are in the independent artist industry as we speak like it is there's no reason anybody should be signing a label deal unless that's what you always wanted but i have to say what you always wanted isn't always what it was Mm -hmm. like labels have drastically changed they've gotten way worse and i i think they're the dinosaur of the industry and i think they're going to tank out at some point because they're they're basically having to pull in new funding or be funded strictly by themselves which means that they're not pouring as much money into the artist unless Mm -hmm. that artist is bringing back like really big dollars like taylor swift money because there's (laughs) there's no reason otherwise but like this example like like for example katie perry man like she she hasn't made a song in who knows how long and she's still you know gaining a lot of money out of it and like yeah she still she does she still does shows like nowadays but like with like music from like 2010 you know but it's yeah yeah i mean she could do artists like that but she's a pop icon she became a pop icon in her own time like her and like people like miley cyrus and stuff like that will always be able to do something this is granted they're both really talented too like that's Mm the thing like they can do that it's just about accepting if you mind going back you know or do you uh, is your pride going to get in the way of right like you know you still it's like no i want to make new art it was like yeah i get that but like no one wants to you know a label would tell them no one wants to hear your new art you're, they're right. like i mean some people probably do like that's katie perry we're talking about like, yeah 
she's, she's gonna be fine no like, well, yeah like why i say <laughs> this is because like you see things like like for example tiktok now you see like instagram oh, where yeah. like people like just they just go on there and they sing the like something like with a, a cool little chorus or whatever like cool little guitar strum or whatever and you know they hit yeah. they hit mainstream you know and that's all it takes yeah. for them to really get out there like they don't really need a lot of help from like you know management or record labels that like they can really make it on their own and i always tell like for example models this i'm always like it's better to pursue freelance modeling than getting signed by like some type of agency and they control your life. I feel like, is that yeah. kind of the same way, like in a, in a label where like they start controlling your life in a way? Oh, absolutely. Well, they, they try to, they control your, your, your career, yeah, your which career. is yeah. your life. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if you're an actual artist, but a lot of those people that blow up on TikTok, I know one specifically, I think Priscilla Block was a country artist this, during the pandemic, she blew up on TikTok and she immediately went and signed a label deal. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you had everything and you gave it like basically gave it away unless she signed some really good deal, which I doubt it. Because yeah. some people just want the deal because it's like it's been on their bucket list. Mm-hmm. But like it's like a title to them. It's like, oh, like, yeah, it is. Yeah. But like, like I said, like it's it's a thing of the past. What what a label deal used to be isn't what it is now. And you have like you have to pay attention to those changes. Uh, it's like being aware in your industry. You have to be aware of it because maybe it's like I said, maybe it'd been beneficial like 10, 15. Well, actually no, 20 years ago at this point. Like, but now I would say like, what are you doing? Uh, but yeah, like uh, TikTok is a great platform. Like if you have a song blow up on there, like awesome. Like it's, it, that's, it's like one of the like great places to be plugged into and be and like, um it's it's another thing like it's there's a lot of annoying stuff that comes off there but i think it's fantastic there's so many funny people that are like especially during the pandemic like it was really just a great lane for people to like really be themselves on there like that you saw people that were working cubicle jobs that are now like famous comedians or singers they're like super talented though like i was like i'm glad that you found this i'm glad that you had this like this is because there, there, there's a lot of people out there that you never, there's billions of people and, and tons of songs that we've never heard because right. they didn't have a platform like that. Well, like you said, um, Spotify, like those like Spotify in Brazil and everything, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an avenue and like we just got to take advantage of it while it's there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about a little bit about the, the business side of things now. So like, let's say you have all the talent in the world, like, but I have no clue where to get started. Like, where would you recommend or not recommend, but like, how would you advise in a way to like get started and putting your first foot in right and not making previous mistakes that a lot of people do? Or like, what were some of the maybe mistakes like when you first got started that you did that you were like, if I could help anybody like who's barely starting out, like to avoid this, what would that be? Uh, I would say don't sign within your first year, especially your first year, probably your first two to three years. Or if you can go your whole career without signing a contract, I would avoid those at all costs. But like my advice to younger artists is like they seem like a lot of people want to go straight to shows like The Voice or American Idol or something yeah. like that. And like the you want to talk about bad contracts. I've read them all and I'm assuming they've gotten worse because that's just what happens with shows over time like that. They get more and more desperate and take more and more. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I, I think the 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 best thing that you can do for yourself as an up and coming artist is just get out there and start playing wherever you can, like writer's nights, open mics, paid gigs, like whatever, just do it. Like, because that's how, you know, that's, 
that's when you figure out if you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. You get to see a, a live crowd response because people love music, but there's a there's a difference between people hearing music and loving it or in hearing music that they love. Absolutely. Like, so it's like, it, it, and, and that'll show you if you're, you're in, you, you found the right thing, because if your response is so positive, that's like my, my experience when I first started, I was like, people actually like this. Like I enjoy doing this and people actually like this. Like mm-hmm. I should do this, you know? And that's like one of those things where it's like right in front of you, slapping you in the face, you just accept it and give it a big hug. Mm-hmm. But I, I say, get out there and play because you're going to get so much from that. You're going to learn how to navigate an audience. You're going to learn about the industry because you're hearing stories from other road warriors. Like they'll give you advice. They'll give you more gigs. The uh, It's just it the stuff that you get from like, uh, like getting out in the field, so to speak. It's like mm-hmm. stuff you can't learn in a classroom. It's, it's, it's irreplaceable. Right. And, and I always, I always think about it too. Like when, in, in any field you're doing, it could be in music industry too. It's like, just have the patience and trusting the process. Like, you know, for example, like you said, it took you like three or two years, you know, to like do some or to get to somewhere, right. Like London. And yeah. All that. Like, yeah. I always tell everybody just, just kind of trust the process, but have patience with it too. But also like don't fear rejection because a lot of people they get rejected on their first two or three you know gigs maybe they want to go somewhere and you know somebody says no and they give yeah. up on that right so it's like don't also don't fear rejection in a way oh yeah yeah i mean well rejection is necessary like it's yeah. fuel for a lot of people mm-hmm. but i mean like you're, you're going to get rejected it is what it is like for everywhere that you don't get in you'll get in like a bunch of other places right like because a lot of people in this industry they want to they want to have you on as an artist just in case you do something someday and they could say that you played there like it's right. like just about that with some people which is cool i'm cool with it like i just i'm looking for a gig you know it's yeah uh and it's cool you always meet people in those and and like even the it's almost like don't say no to to uh like if a gig sounds sketchy say no to it but like don't say no to a gig like even if it's not the pay that you want i think you might get another gig off that. Like, who knows? You might get a couple more gigs. You never know who's in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be happening for a reason. Like, pay attention. To it, it takes stuff. one. Just, it takes one opportunity yeah, to change your whole yeah, life. Yeah, it really does. You never know. Mm-hmm. And so the last kind of two things I kind of wanted to ask you is, you know, any any type of like the very simple question is any type of piece of advice that you would either give somebody uh, that somebody's given to you or that it comes out from you. Like, what would that one piece of advice be? Um, I would say, uh, don't start your set with a slow song. <laughs> okay. I like <laughs> that. That was it. Yeah. yeah. It's an, an old guy walked up to me as I was, I was getting on stage and he was getting off stage. He was like, don't start with the slow song, Jeremy. They're not ready for it. <laughs> Cause he had like just ended his set and it was an upbeat number. And I was like, I paid attention. And I was like, that's what I had. I had right. like a, I was going to build up the crowd because you like you're like oh yeah i want to start off very even killed and build it up but when someone goes on before you they've usually left the crowd at this higher intensity so you have to meet them there yeah so you're like oh my god rearranging your set in your head so it's it's another thing like i started paying attention to that after that Mm -hmm. uh and also like some people might only stay for one song so if you bore them to death with your first number like you've yeah. lost part of your crowd. Like mm-hmm. you got to reel them in somehow. 
I feel like most of it's uh, just like making sure that you you entertain or you have something to give to your audience or your fans, especially your fans, you know, like making sure that you're yeah. consistent with engaging with your fans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also some people's some people. I mean, most like I go places, most people don't know who I am. So it's, right. it's my job to like make sure that they want to know more about me right. or something like via just doing a good job musically, you know. And and I'm going to throw in the question now is like, what is something, you know, now that you wish you would have known when you first got started? Uh, I would say I wish I knew just overall kind of the industry better, uh, mm -hmm. which seems kind of broad, but like I, the, the entertainment industry is, is disgusting. Like yeah. it, it's, it's filled with people who got into it for the wrong reasons. And unfortunately, like if you love music as much as I do and love this job, like there's no way around it. Right. Like you have to deal with those people, but like, I wish I would have gone in with a thicker skin uh, because I, I'm very o open to giving people chances, but like, it goes back to what I said earlier about awareness and that all ties into just like, just protect yourself. Mm -hmm. um, even because, because a lot of the things that you want to believe that they're real, they're you're, you're just convincing yourself that because you want it to be that way it doesn't mean it's true but like just just protect yourself and go in with the knowledge that like the industry that you chose to be in is disgusting but you chose to be into it so you deserve to be honest with yourself about that right <laughs> absolutely like yeah you, you, you got to expect that there's going to be those failures those downfalls those yeah yeah those mistakes be, waiting to happen yeah, be aware of what's occurring around you, but never lose sight of why you're there because you're there because you're passionate about music. At least I hope you are. If you get into the music industry to make millions of dollars, you better have millions of dollars to start with because yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous or like yeah. maybe something will blow up. I don't know. But like mm -hmm. it's 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 not a money gig. It's purely based on passion. Mm -hmm. and, and just like just to put the cherry on top right it's like kind of what you said in the very beginning it's like just doing something that makes you happy regardless of what everybody else thinks like just in general exactly why wouldn't you want to do that mm -hmm. yeah because like, <laughs> like like you said like, <laughs> like like you said in the beginning it's like you know like somebody who's like like old and you know like they, they have they regret not doing something before like you know like that, that they really wanted to do so like right yeah, yeah. Like I said why wouldn't you well it's our job to learn from other people's mistakes even if they choose not to learn from their mistakes Absolutely. like we are all examples for somebody else mm -hmm. uh and some of them are good and some of them are bad <laughs> just like anything so and kind of like this last last fun question that i have for you is like if you were able to open up for anybody who would who would you open up for living or dead or do they have to be alive anybody man i would uh, i was a huge john prine fan Mm -hmm. And he passed away. He died of COVID in, uh, see what was, I think it was March. It was like right at the beginning of it, but yeah. I would have loved to open up for him. But so dead, he would be my answer. Also Tom Petty was amazing, but living, I would say Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Cause I yeah. love those guys. That's yeah. multi-part answer, but there you go. <laughs> COVID took a lot of people, man. COVID took a lot. Yeah. Of yeah, it did. I mean, it, it people are just, you know, I mean, we just lost Betty White too. Like, oh my God, I know. America's I, grandma, man. Like, what the heck? <laughs> no, man, it was it's horrible for all of us, man. But yeah, um, yeah.
but anyway like before i let you go just give yourself like a spiel for any all our listeners people who are supporting the podcast just where can they find you where can they reach out to you things like that yeah yeah uh again thank you all for tuning into this and supporting my buddy here uh uh, my name is jeremy parsons and you can find me at jeremyparsonsmusic.com is the best place to go i got tour dates and merch and all that other nonsense that you could ever possibly need from me is up there (laughs) awesome jeremy well hey it's a pleasure to to have you on the show and thank you so much for taking out the time of your day to just be on here and everything is there any like last words any last things that you want to mention before i let you go no man i think i'm good thank you so much for having me and for doing what you do man i I sincerely appreciate it awesome and yeah that's what it's all about man it's just you know reaching different cities different places where we can just support all these different type of creatives artists you know big or small everybody needs that support you know and and all that like kind of exposure absolutely man the chain of love just keep it going exactly man so (laughs) i'm gonna let you go man but thank you so much for being on yeah thank you so much man you have a good one thanks for tuning in and if you haven't already Make sure you're following El Paso Creatives on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media.